Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. I am your host, Christy Haberman. I am glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of our community. A few disclaimers before we get started. I am a licensed therapist. However, this podcast is not to be considered mental health therapy or counseling. It is for entertainment purposes only and is not associated with my counseling practice, Christy Haberman Counseling Services. Thanks for showing up. Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. This is your host, Christy Haberman. I'm sorry I didn't post last week. I actually went to Washington, D.C. the first week of December. Plane got delayed on Saturday, so Sunday was a rest and catch-up day. And so that brought me to today. I did do my journaling homework assignment that I was going to do because I'm journaling with you. And one of the things that comes up for me at Christmas time, it is very hard for me to reconcile joy of the holidays, being around family and not feeling so sad about Christopher not being here. And going to Washington DC just kind of kicked it off for me because Christopher wanted to be a travel nurse and travel the country doing nursing. And to my knowledge, he never got to see the East Coast, never got to see the ocean. Might've seen the Atlantic Ocean in Florida, but had never been to North Carolina, South Carolina, Washington, DC, never got to see any of the monuments. And I know because not everybody gets to do those things, but that was one of like his life goals was to travel around and see these kind of things. And I think that's what makes it harder. So it was really hard to be in Washington, DC, like almost felt guilty. i almost felt like I, I shouldn't enjoy this because Christopher doesn't get to enjoy this. And I think it's a struggle that grieving moms or even grieving people go through regularly is how do I enjoy life knowing that someone is missing? And I was in Washington, D.C. for work, so it was somewhat easier. I worked 8 to 5, had time to go get something to eat. But after working all day, I was really tired, and, you know, there wasn't time to go to the monuments. I didn't even take a lot of pictures because I think I was really struggling with that was my struggle. And then when I'm writing in my journal about the hardest thing about Christmas time, that would be it for me. Finding joy with being around family. And by family, I mean my still living son and his wife and the grandkids and me and my husband. That's, that's always been who we had around at Christmas time. There was never really anyone else. I don't have a family that, if you're new here, I have previous podcasts about this. But in my unique situation, it has been one of the hardest things about losing my son. Is the fact that as soon as he was born, because I was a single parent, I had a family. I had someone to be with on holidays and be with on Thanksgiving and be with on Christmas because even clear back in my teens, I didn't have those things. So now that I, now that I have them, it's hard without him because he was my first sign of a family. And so his absence at 
Christmas time, I think is more acutely felt. And I don't even know if it's for me. I don't even know if it's for me because when I think about the whole idea of him not being here for Christmas, it's all the things that he misses about Christmas. He never got to have the first Christmas with his daughter. He never had a Christmas with a spouse or even a significant girlfriend that I know of. And those things are just heartbreaking to me because I wanted Christopher to have a life. And it's hard when they die so young at 25 or even can't imagine if he had died in his teens, knowing that they lived a half-life. And that's what I feel like. I feel like he lived a half-life. But I don't know that. And we never got a chance to talk about it. Because at 25, it's just not developmentally normal to be looking at the past and saying, oh, this impacted me and I would be this way. And it's just not developmentally normal. And you haven't lived a significant part of life enough, maybe necessarily, to do that kind of self-analyzation. Maybe in your 30s you could do that and say, these decisions led me to these places. But that's it for me. And then it's feeling guilty. I'm now in my 50s, and there's so many people that didn't don't even get to be the age I am. I had somebody from high school die recently. She didn't get to be the age I am or the next year. Didn't get to make it into 2024. So I'm lucky. And it's hard to reconcile feeling lucky about being alive and losing my child. Even today, it is 12-17. It is a beautiful day outside. Usually in South Dakota, last year we had 30 inches of snow. We were snowed in, digging out. This year... It's 50 degrees outside, it's windy, but it is a fabulous warm wind, and it's just a gorgeous day. And I saw the sun rise this morning, and it looked like fire. And it makes me sad that Christopher doesn't get to experience seeing another sunrise, or another sunset, or the northern lights were active last night. I can't find the energy to stay up late enough to get pictures of them myself. But it's one of the things I like about Facebook is other people do and I can enjoy the pictures. He doesn't get to see those kind of things. And for me, it all, how do I want to say this? It all comes to head at Christmas time. Norman Rockefeller life. We had far from it. I had grandparents that didn't see my kids for years. By their choice, not mine, or aunts, or uncles, or cousins. You know, choices were made. His kids are going to get oodles of presents, and there's nothing he can do about it. He could tell us no more toys. We got that. And no more stuffed animals. We got told that a couple of years ago, which is kind of funny. We'll, we'll buy him other stuff. That's okay. But it's hard. And we have Christmas dinner, and it's really hard because I feel guilty sometimes. And even with my beliefs about the fact that they can watch us from heaven and they can, or wherever you believe they are, or they come to visit us on the holidays, like even with those beliefs, it is very hard at the holidays. And I've always, I've always struggled with the holidays, like I said. And so maybe in my case, 
it's because I always struggled with the holidays that makes it more particularly difficult. Or if it was something else. And maybe it's a struggle that everyone has. So I guess my love language also is gifts of service because I like to cook. I like to cook for my family and I like to, I like to do those things. But I also feel guilty about liking it. So that's where my journaling led me was thinking about when it was just me and my kids. So I was a single parent and I enjoyed Christmas. I let the kids decorate the tree however they wanted. Here's the decorations, <laughs> go to town. And they did it, they enjoyed it. When we got married, my husband always decorated the tree and just didn't understand children having <laughs> control over a tree. So they got their own tree. So until my kids turned into their teens and weren't interested in decorating the tree anymore, we had two trees, one for the kids and one for the adults. So when you were doing your journaling, I hope that you had the experiences that I did. Because as I'm writing, and even now as I'm talking about it, I can visually see different memories of decorating the tree and the feeling of joy that I have watching them and talking about here put this here no Colin don't put that there I can see the tree in my head and I can see the different places that I live inside of my head and I hope when you were doing your journaling that that experience that you had brought back some positive memories too and I also hope that it brought you some insight some insight to what some of your struggles might be like it did for me with Christmas time. Because everybody has different struggles. We can get there to the same way and we can share them across the board. Doesn't mean it's the same for everyone. So if you didn't have an insight, that's okay too. Because maybe, maybe the goal for you was to just get it out. I think what happens with Grieving mothers especially is our, we get told not to talk about it. So we keep all of these deep feelings deep inside of us. And there's layers and layers and layers upon them. And we get told that we can't talk about that. That we're hurting other people's feelings. We haven't moved on. So writing gets that out. So if you didn't come to an insight, it's possible that you still have more to write about. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. And maybe, maybe your difficulties with your grieving process don't have anything to do with Christmas. Maybe it's something else. But as we go through this process, you'll get there, I promise you. So don't, if you didn't have any insight, that's okay. I'm gonna give you another journaling prompt for next time. And then we will take a look at that. So now the question is, once we've had the insight, what do we do about it? So we've had this insight. Wow, that's new information to me. That led me into an emotional part of your brain. That's where we want to go. The emotional part of the brain insight, not the logical. Because if you wrote, and we'll just use my example, I feel guilty because I don't believe 
that I should have joy because my son died. And then if the other part of your brain says, well, you shouldn't feel that way, you're moving into the logical, right? So you need to stay within that. I'm not even sure I can say that again because <laughs> um, it leaves my brain so quickly. But as I'm writing, I'm writing about, I feel guilty because I don't feel like I should feel joy because Christopher is missing from the equation and he's not on earth. So I stay within the emotion of that. So what does guilt feel like? For me, it's a combination of my heart and my stomach. Here in the last six months or so, I've been walking around with this heavy feeling on my heart. I'm sure those are my feelings of guilt. So after doing this podcast, you guys helped me so much and I'm forever grateful for this and why I encourage other people to come on the podcast and talk about it because talking about it with you has been very healing. Move over into being able to cope with Christopher's death a little bit better. I feel guilty about it. I feel guilty that I should still be sad. Like, how dare I move into feeling a little bit better about life? And that's where my writing needs to go, is to these emotional thoughts. And so then the question is, well, who am I? That's probably what I should write about next time. I'm going to write that down. Who am I to feel joy when it feels so wrong? And it does. It does feel wrong. Because Christopher doesn't feel that. So you stay with the emotional piece of that. And just keep going down that train, okay? So then I have some judgment there, right? I have some judgment that, hey, how dare you feel that way because your son died? Well, where does that judgment come from? So as I'm writing, I need to be talking about judgment. Who do I feel judged by? Well, everyone. And I know I'm preaching to the choir to all of you grieving moms because <laughs> there are the people that will say, you're grieving too much. And then there are the people that will say, you're not grieving enough. How come you're not crying? How come you're not this? How come you're not that? And it's like, maybe I'm just a stoic person. A stoic person doesn't show their emotions. Also, stoic people sometimes don't feel their emotions as deeply as other people. There are some people that don't feel deeply. My dad is one of them. Doesn't mean he doesn't feel, just means he doesn't feel deep. So then I would explore down into the judgment. Okay, so what else do I feel about not experiencing joy? I feel disloyal. That's another emotion. I'm just dis, I'm disloyal to Christopher because I feel joy or I'm enjoying Christmas or I'm enjoying my family. I feel disloyal because aren't I supposed to be sad all the time because Christopher died? I mean, and these are struggles in my own mind. These are not struggles that people are saying to me, or these aren't struggles that, you know, are being put upon me. They're struggles in my own mind with my own belief system. So this is the purpose of the journaling to find out what are your internal struggles? What internal beliefs do you have about experiencing Christmas without your child? Where does it lead you? Because once, once you get to that, okay, so we found out my core beliefs are I have a judgment of self. We have the other core belief that I, I feel guilty and disloyal about experiencing joy. 
See, the disloyal one's an important one because how many of us grieving moms feel like we have to be loyal to our children through our grief? How many of you feel like that? I know I do. I just realized I did. But that's the purpose of the writing. So as you trace this down, staying in the emotional, you have to stay in the emotional, not the logical. There'll be time enough for logical later. But you need to go down. To, and if you find yourself defaulting to logical, that just means you're trying to escape the pain. So you need to be kind to yourself and say, okay, let's go back into the emotional. If it gets to be too much, and you'll know when it's too much, then you need to stop because you can always go back. You can always go back to how you feel. So then you go all the way down. At the end of my writing, for me, I am, I wrote down in my notes to myself, what do I want to write about next? I want to write about disloyal, feeling disloyal and judgment. So I'm sure the judgment comes from feeling disloyal. So disloyal is more of a feeling. Judgment is more of a cognitive thing if I, if I analyze that down deeply, at least for me. But when I journal this, we're going to find out. So that's my insights that I'm going to journal on in the next journaling prompt. And then we'll write about it again. So the other thing you need to do. So now we have narrowed it down. We have narrowed it down to the fact that I feel guilty about joy. I feel guilty about joy. I have judgment about joy. And I feel disloyal when I have joy. Okay, so now each one of those is a really big topic. So when I'm deciding what I'm going to do for my next journaling exercise for myself, unless you're going to follow one of my pumps, what it comes down to is the feeling of disloyalty. When I take a look at the three of those all together in the context of my life. Okay, so you may write down three things that you got out of your writing. And you may look at the, the same three. Let's say you have the same three, joy, disloyal, and judgment. When you look at those, it might come down to something different for you. Maybe it's the inability to feel joy. Like sometimes I don't even know that feeling exists. But anyway, <laughs> so for someone else, it might be joy. I need to write on joy because that's more problematic for me than disloyal or judgment is. Or... You might decide to do each one on a different day, and that's fine too. So now we've got down to that. There's another piece of this we need to do, though. We need to stop. So when we find ourselves falling into judgment, who do you think you are? When we find ourselves falling into trying to logic it away. And so what I mean by logic it away means when you tell yourself, well, you shouldn't feel that way. That's not helpful. Not helpful at all because that's judgment and then we're just judging ourselves. We feel how we feel, okay? But when you start to get that feeling of judgment, you say, stop, that's what we do. So after you get done with telling yourself, stop, it's okay to feel this way. You have to do it over and over and over again because repetition is what teaches us. So repetition, repetition. First you notice it, then you change it. But it first comes with awareness. You can't change anything if you're not aware of it. That's why we do the writing. 
So there we go. So for the next session, I'm actually putting out two podcasts today. I'm doing a whole separate meditation video for the writing. So I thought it was too hard to combine the exercises and the meditation in the same recording. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do another recording that you can use over and over again, regardless of what the prompts are. So for this week, if you didn't get an insight from your writing last time and you don't know what to write about, this is the week before Christmas. I want you to write a letter to your loved one telling them how much you miss them at Christmas. Put specifically at Christmas. If you made Christmas cookies with them. You're right. I miss you making Christmas cookies. I miss your I miss your help. I miss the fun we had decorating. I miss the laughing. Just write it all down. I have this belief and it's just one I developed. But I believe they hear you. I have to believe that for my own mental health. You can believe what you want to believe, but for me I have to believe that they can hear me. As you write it, it'll be a way to communicate to them how much you miss them. It's right, like writing a Christmas letter. Let's call it that. Writing a Christmas letter to your loved one. And you can do it every year. You don't have to do it just this year. It's very similar to me taking a Christmas tree out to the grave and lighting it each year and putting a new decoration on the grave as a Christmas present. I do it every year. It's my tradition. If I ever move away from here, I don't know what I will do, but it is what it is. So I'm getting the little notification that I have to be done recording. So thanks for listening this week. Look forward to hearing your prompts, hearing your writing exercises. Go ahead and send them to me. I'd love to read them. Thanks for listening.